Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Roots Podcast. As always, I'm Curtis Myers here with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the founder and managing editor of The Roost, your premier source for Rice Sports news and analysis. All right, well, we are back. We uh, have a few notes to run through, and then we are going to bring on uh, one of our favorite Rice players of the last few years, uh, Naeem Smith, who's going to talk to us about his uh, career at Rice, you know, including the transition from uh, Juco to South Maine, which is not one that a lot of people have made, have made, and even less at the time he did it. So um, it'll be fun to talk to him about that and then, you know, kind of run through his his time uh, at Rice and and the the draft prep and pro day prep process that he's been in lately. So we'll be looking forward to that. But uh, obviously, as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Uh, share it with a friend if you know someone who cares about Rice sports and likes um, podcasts where the hosts sometimes just talk too long, which is all podcasts, right? So it just <laughs> you know, just someone who likes podcasts. This is why you listen, right? It's like it's like what's the ratio? Like thirty percent for the actual content. And 70% because the the people spewing it are at least entertaining to some degree. Yeah, there's a um, there, there's a term for this now. It's called a parasocial relationship uh, where the, the thing <laughs> the thing where you like listen to a podcast and then determine in your head that you are friends with the hosts and are joining in their conversation. Um, maybe there are some of you out there that are like this. I would be very, very flattered if there are. Um, but this is just like me in my head listening to the shutdown full cast and imagining that I am, that I am, you know, joining in the conversation with these people. This is a real thing. Um, but you know, if some of you have reached that point with us, great, please reach out. We would love to be actual friends with you. Yeah. Leave us a, we, we, we do tell you to, to rate review and subscribe because that helps us get the word out and find more of you, but, but leave us a comment or uh, shoot us a, a message on, on Twitter or anywhere on, on the site and let us know. Um, you know, where you're at or what you're doing and what you like. That's always, it's fun for us getting to hear about people that uh, I had, a, I was talking to, with a, a parent of a, a player this past weekend, actually, Card, I didn't tell you this, I'll tell you on the air, um, who said uh, they really enjoyed uh, listening to our, our show and liked the coverage we had over the past couple of years. And uh, that's fun always. I mean, I guess somebody has to listen, but uh, the, the parents <laughs> of the players uh, get to do that. That was really cool. So thank you. I won't. I won't drop any names, but uh, I did appreciate that. And that's always always fun. It's when, nice you know, to hear that the parents of the players like us. Like that's a that's a bar. I feel like we should clear. I, I, we're we're nice enough. We're not always nice. So <laughs> we try. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's pretty because I I see your face and we talk into each microphones at each other for an hour uh, once a week or so, but not not necessarily other people. So. Uh, a quick reminder, we exist and you exist, and we'd love to know who else exists. Um, I will tell you who exists, and then we do read this out. Uh, one of our new booster level uh, subscribers on Patreon, uh, and I'm going to try my best with this name, uh, Christina Pujaj. Uh, thank you for subscribing. Uh, she's jumped in on our, our on our highest tier and wanted to give her a shout out for that. And then just remind you guys that uh, there's not really an – well, there's an off season for football, but there's spring ball right now, and we have several uh, pieces coming out, hitting on you know all sorts of position battles. Uh, it it's spring, so Rice has another quarterback battle that we're in the midst of because I'm required to say that it's contractual, uh, but it's true. And so we got that. We got scrimmage that uh, we had one scrimmage that's already in the books. We'll have another one coming right after this hits, and then 
probably, I think, by the next time we hit on the podcast, we'll have a spring game to go through. And uh, we just got all the practice notes and everything up there on Patreon. Um, some good recruiting news, hopefully, coming up in the next couple weeks. And uh, then we'll get to the summer, and we will have a lot of preseason stuff coming through. I actually kind of, I am, I, I, I calendar things out. Uh, so I actually, uh, so far, going through my off-season preps, I have uh, more Patreon-specific uh, pieces planned for, for June and July uh, than I have have had in uh, February and March when we have National Signing Day and <laughs> spring football and everything else. So there's going to be lots going on. Um, want to let you guys know that and go through a couple notes. So we, the spring game we mentioned, uh, that's April 16th at 12 p.m. Uh, they've kind of lined it up. That's a Saturday. They've lined it up so you can go see the spring game for football, and then you can walk across the street to a baseball game. Um, that's fun, and it's starting to get baseball weather. And then let's see what else is on the list. Uh, Pro Day, which was back on April 1st, do 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 go back in time. Um, which we're going to talk to Naeem a little bit about that. Um, but that's something that every year just kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe I, I love the draft. Like I love following all sorts of all, all of that. And I don't even really have yeah. an NFL team that I particularly am that into. I just like to root for my guys and my players, wherever they end up. But it always, I, there's something about it in the combine. It catches me just off kilter every year where all of a sudden, People are running three cones, and I'm trying to refresh my brain as to what they're doing. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a curious process. It's like, and it's always feels a little bit different depending when you're at the pro day, whatever scout uh, is running it. But it's you know, there's like they're and they're telling the guys you run here, and then you run here and here, and then some of the guys are like, wait, we're running here, and I'm like, I I don't know either. Just as fast as you can. That's the important part. So we'll hit some of that with Naeem. And then I hadn't talked to you about this yet, Carter, but uh, the stadium renovations that they mm -hmm. announced, um, I guess, last week at some point. Can we still use the COVID time messing with our brains? Because I do. Yeah. I still don't know. Yeah. It's all um, now. But uh, it, for those who haven't been inside of Rice Stadium, uh, and I don't know why you probably would have had a reason to in the last couple of weeks, but they've actually gone and repaired a bunch of concrete walls down around the base of the field, and they're putting up brick um, around everything. And so I think I think that's going to look really nice. Yeah, um, they're they're specifically, and I uh, of course went and actually read the like press release they put out about this, and of course your eyes glaze over when they talk about the like new chair, I like. If you are a season ticket holder, and probably several of the people listening to this podcast are, I'm sure it will be much more pleasant for you to have fancier seats, fancier, more comfortable seats to sit in. So that's great. One of those things that is probably not exciting generally from a fan perspective. But if you're actually there, it does improve the fan experience, which is important, especially considering how little incentive in some ways there is to actually go to college football games these days. Um, but I did love, you know, they made a whole point of with the brick on the the, the walls around the actual field that it's sort of the brick is there to kind of match the aesthetic to the rest of rice which obviously has this um you know kind of distinctive architecture to it so i thought that was kind of a neat touch 
um, as as it someone who is nice. Yeah, as someone who is at the like very particular alignment of people who uh, care about Rice athletics and are also very into like Rice campus and culture, <laughs> which is not as big of an intersection as it seems like it might be, even among Rice fans sometimes. Um, I thought that was a really cool touch. I, I love anywhere where you can leverage or even just highlight the ways in which Rice is unique or even weird as an institution and bring that in as part of something for athletics. So that's a really nice touch, I think. Yeah, and I'm just a fan of not being a big concrete behemoth. Yes. Which was built a long time ago. Which it was, but anytime you can splice it up, that's good. And uh, uh, revamping the restrooms? Which uh, that's gonna be shout, and then I know they're doing uh, putting it. They call them flight decks. I think that uh, neat little branding thing, but they're putting all those uh, big nice chairs and tables up at the top, so you mm-hmm. can sit in the shade and watch a football game. Um, which I much prefer is sitting in the sun and is, watching a football game. Is often important at Rice games, given where, <laughs> given where we are. Yeah. So, and I don't think it was an accident. I actually, I know it was an ac- not an accident last year that Rice didn't have an afternoon kickoff at home uh, through the first half of the season. It was like October, and I think they had a 3.30 kick. And I was like, yeah, yeah. that's still kind of pushing it because it's yeah, 105 degrees right still now. Still early. <laughs> so that's cool. I know there'll be more. I know that this was just kind of the first wave of what they have. This is all going in before the season starts, um, which I guess is only like, what, four-ish, five months away now? Five months today or something like that approximately so they got some work to do but there'll be more and that'll be fun when once they we have this move to the american and there's a little bit more money and we can do some more fun stuff but um i think those are the the important notes for now did i, did I miss anything terribly important uh i don't think so i think that about covers all the news items so we'll go ahead and bring on naeem and uh have a nice little conversation here All right, and we are here now with uh, form, now former Rice Safety, Naeem Smith. How's it going, man? Hey, it's uh, great to be on the show. Looking forward to you know just talking to you guys. Is that weird for you? Because it's kind of weird for me, former. <laughs> no, it, really, it, it is crazy. Time flies, and it's just, you know, crazy just to think that, like, my time is up at Rice. Yeah, it was funny. We were we were chatting right before we hit the record button about the last time I I texted you was right when you'd uh, originally committed to Rice. Of course, we've talked face to face and well, and virtual face uh, mm-hmm. over the over the COVID year several times. But uh, it's kind of surreal getting back to. I I don't know if I'm gonna like not getting to bump into you at a uh, South Main every couple weeks. Yeah, no, definitely some uh, really good times while at Rice, and you know, definitely you've always been there. You guys have been there to support us, so it's been great. Has it kind of hit you yet now that you, uh, I guess, you have a degree, going to walk the stage and, and, and get a, get another one? Where are you at with that process, and is it kind of wild that it's winding down? Yeah, so I originally had two years of eligibility uh, after I uh, came from JUCO. So I started with this sport management major, business minor, 
And then with that extra year of COVID, it, it was really a blessing in disguise because it was just like, wow, now I can get a, a master's degree and now I'm working on the master's of accounting and I'm in my second semester of three. So I'm going to have one more after uh, football. Uh, that's a yeah. lot. <laughs> uh, you, yeah. if, if you had offered me another year of rice for free, uh, I, I would not have said no. Um, and that was speaking of time flying. That will be uh, ten years ago next year that I finished up. So uh, yeah, it'll trust me. It only accelerates from here. So <laughs> well, the numbers get bigger. <laughs> well, uh, if you'll humor us and, and go down memory lane, I wanted to kind of uh, you know hit some greatest hits of uh, of your rice career, um, and then kind of just uh, pan over some of the the stranger things because uh, we were chatting. Um, Last week, uh, hard to imagine from uh, you uh, started to play your Juco ball in Iowa, um, getting to Texas. So for those who don't know, what was that decision like, um, A, to, to go Juco? Because that's a process in itself. And then yeah. B, to uh, get on a plane and, and fly all the way down here. Yeah, uh, just I'm from Iowa City, Iowa originally. So for the people that don't know, that's where the Iowa Hawkeyes are located. So like the wave is our famous thing. And uh, just really didn't have any offers out of uh, high school. My only offer was D2 to Mankato and some NAIAs. Uh, so I was just like, I'm going to go the JUCO route just because I, I felt like I was under-recruited. I'm just, you know, overlooked, and I knew I just had, like, that workhorse mentality, so I was just like, let's let's give it a try, you know, and uh, I spent two seasons at my junior college, definitely have some good buddies that I stay in contact from there, and it, I really had a blast. I found myself at JUCO, for sure, like, from just, you know, always having to work and different stuff, like, there's, you know, guys on the team, for example, my freshman year, there was 155 guys in our summer like workout program, and we ended the season with 66. We counted, and it was just crazy because you know guys are either getting in trouble, getting kicked out of school, or just you know there's a variety of reasons why guys leave. So definitely uh, met like a lot of faces and um, different stuff like that. So really had a good time there and was able to you know have a good enough season, uh, two seasons, and rice. Uh, when you know when recruiting season came around, Rice you know offered me a scholarship, and it just made sense to come down to Texas. And it's it's funny because uh, I I talk with with Bloom about this uh, every so often. I feel like um, you know pick your analogy, the needle in the haystack. There are uh, not many JUCO kids uh, that find their way to Rice. That's a, a tough needle to thread, um, and even then. Um, going JUCO to D1 to uh, find some success uh, making that jump. Um, I know you got a good work ethic, but what was it like, you know, climbing to the top of JUCO and then making the jump and then uh, being another body out of, what, 110 yeah. fall camp you get there? Yeah, uh, I mean, just definitely for anybody that, like, goes JUCO or anything like that, you know, you definitely have to know why you're going there and continue to like stay on the right path because a lot of guys will make the wrong decisions while there but there's a lot of talent in Juco I will say that like there's some really really good players and I mean Rice has hit on some really good Juco players I mean Blaze 
Bradley. I'm forgetting some right now. Uh, I know Dean's there right now. Miles all contributed, you know, to the team. So uh, definitely just a, a great experience from the JUCO aspect. I had a lot of fun because there was just like I was close to home, able to see my family, see my girlfriend, and like it was easy um, with that. And then it was just like that transition to uh, Rice. You know, you you got that transition, and it's like okay, like obviously the physicality and like the level of play overall, like people are going to be more, um, you know, just like in tune with like actual football and want to play football. And then it's like schoolwork too on top of that. So it was just definitely a lot at first, um, you know, definitely had to like dedicate myself that first semester, like in the, in the school. Like I didn't even bring down my PS4, um, you know, and I, everybody likes video games my age. And like, I didn't bring it down for the first semester because I was just like, I got to make sure like I try to learn the playbook. And I, I definitely had trouble in my first spring learning the playbook because, you know, it's an install every practice. And there was times where I'm just like, oh, my God, like what's going on? Yeah. And I'm, I'm sort of curious about in terms of the the recruiting process from Jico, if there was anything that was sort of like different about it for you going to Rice than there were for maybe like guys on your team that were going to other D1 schools, because, you know, like Matt said, not a lot of JUCO guys that end up at Rice, and it's not really something that, in my memory, that the previous staff really did at all. So, um, in terms of like the academics and qualifying yeah. and like the transfer process, like what was that like? Yes, yeah, so that's a good question, and um, I would say just like for myself personally, uh, it was always like an emphasis from my family um, just to like make sure I try as best as I can in school and definitely it's not easy for somebody that's at a you know junior college to transition to rice because most of the guys can't even get in to begin with because they uh you know don't have the GPA or um ACT score whatever uh the process is but um I definitely like wanted to make sure school wasn't the reason why I couldn't end up going to a college and like that was something for myself even a lot of like coaches told me would stick out in the long run, even when I was in high school or uh, JUCO, like, people would see my GPA. I didn't have like the highest ACT. Like, I only got like a 21 or 22, but it was still good enough to, you know, get me into a, you know, a school like Rice. And definitely during the whole process, it's like, because uh, that's the first thing that coaches ask about. I was like, what's your grades like? And especially when I was at JUCO, like first thing it, if a coach was to respond back to me, like, what's your grades like? I like your film, but what's your grades? And that's honestly what help, pulls back a lot of guys. I always joke that you can tell the guys who are getting recruited by Rice, like, on their Twitter bios and stuff, if the GPA yeah. is in the Twitter yeah. bio, then they're, yeah. they're the kind of guy that Rice is going to get recruited. I do. I see that a lot, too. I'm like, yeah, he's probably getting recruited by Rice. It's not a bad strategy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely uh, – it helps you separate yourself, and there's a lot of people that aren't talented enough to go to Rice, but they can't go to Rice just because of the academic reasons. And uh, I mean, that's something that is special about Rice, though, because you know you, your degree means a lot. And I feel like the character on the team—we have a lot of high character guys and guys that are good athletes too. Like they're they're really smart. Like for example, Trey Schumann is literally one of the smartest people I know, and he's a freak athlete. And you mentioned the the adjustment on the field coming in. Your first year, that was uh, that was Army and and yep. Texas and Baylor uh, yep. and Wake Forest to start the season. 
Yeah. <laughs> was that a bit of a wake-up call? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say, like, especially in the spring, the biggest thing for me was trying to learn the playbook. So I knew, you know, I, I felt confident in my abilities. And I obviously wanted to try to put, like, a little more weight on and stuff because I came in pretty small and get, get a lot stronger because that was something that I knew I needed to do. Um, but, yeah, so spring was definitely tough, but I ended up learning the playbook, really became fluent in it, and got, like, I would meet with Coach Smith all the time. You could ask him, like, I was meeting with him in his uh, room, me and him, just, like, going over plays so I could learn the playbook. And then it was, like, when uh, – the fall came around and first game was Army. First off, it was a beautiful game, you know, 70, 75 degrees. I just remember the whole experience that, you know, we got to go to the Army facility, uh, like, uh, school, you know, like we walked around and just learned all about it. I thought that was one of the coolest experiences at my time at Rice, you know, just being able to see something like that. But the physicality definitely uh, hit me that game because I was like a buck 85. And I remember I wasn't starting at the time, but I was in like some packages and I was on every special team and I was on kickoff return. I'm like a backside blocker and uh, Coach Sabota, a great guy, love him. And he was like, you know, if you're normally on the backside, you're going to get like a DB or like receiver type body. But for some reason, it had to be like a 240 pound linebacker just wanting to run through my face. So that was like my wake up call. Like I held my ground, but it definitely was not easy. So yeah, I definitely uh had great great experience. Like we almost beat Baylor. Uh, there's plays in my head where I'm like, man, if I would have made this play, uh, we would have won the game. And then, so it's like, ah, that one's. Uh, if I knew what I knew now, I would have made that play. So it's just like it sits in my head. But I'm grateful for those opportunities because it's like we got to play Texas and we got to play Baylor. Uh, what wait? Wake Forest, like that was crazy. Some some great games, and I mean, we we definitely competed, uh, especially in the Baylor game, Texas and Wake Forest. I think Wake Forest we lost by like twenty one or something like that. But and we should have won the Army game. I'm I'm still still firm. <laughs> that Wake game that was close until uh, as Kenneth Walker hit that like yeah. big touchdown run, and yeah, he's going like to be first second round draft pick or something. Yeah, that one was tough, and. Yeah, I I wish I wish we could have had that rematch versus Army because we we're supposed to play them COVID year and then the schedule switched and I remember Blaze and I were just like so happy because you know Blaze was my roommate and we were just talked about that like this is the game we're gonna get him back and I'm just happy that uh, Blaze got to play him in his bowl game and he had a really good game so yeah um and and on that like following that train I'm curious from like a preparation perspective when you go through like a, a a schedule like that where you're playing, you know, a flexbone team, and then what was that Baylor? I guess that was rule is still there, so they yeah. were running that kind of scheme, and then you end up with Wake that does you know all these crazy RPOs, and they and they do that horrible delayed handoff on the RPO thing that is insane, <laughs> drives me up the wall. Um, but like, what's the the process of like going week to week where you're facing like such different offense? Like, do you walk into the first meeting and Coach Smith is like, okay? This whole section of the playbook, gone. Like, we're doing this and this. Like, what's the transition going from such different offenses like that? Yeah, so I think the great thing, first game of the season, you get the most time to prepare. So we're, mm -hmm. we were always prepared versus Army, and we spent, like, a few practices in the spring preparing for Army, too. So, like, 
I felt like we were so prepared for Army, but it's definitely different because you're like, I mean, they're pretty much running every play besides like 10 plays, maybe the whole game. They're going to, you know, seven to 10 plays are maybe passing the game. Um, and then it's just, you know, it, it's just adjusting. It's, it's part of the game because every week to week, obviously, people run different stuff and you just got to adjust to it. Definitely like playing Wake Forest. And I remember there was one play where we're in like cover two. And I'm like the deep half, and uh, they're doing the delayed uh, RPO, and my guy, uh, the number two, runs like a just like a bender, like a it's kind of seam, just like up the hash. But I can't really take it, but he's wide open and just catches like a 30 yard pass because our uh, like curl window player obviously is going to come up for like run support a little, you know, the shell. So it's like. They definitely had a crazy scheme where I was just like, I was so flustered that game. Like, what is going on? Um, but you definitely just have to adjust, have fun. And at the end of the day, you just play ball. Like, you just play the call. And Coach Smith, I will say, always got us prepared for games. I, in 2019, I feel like that was just an incredible defense we had. Like, we had some dogs up front. And no disrespect to any of the other defenses we had because we had have had talented players, but that 2019 team was really special. And um, definitely will say, like, it's a lot due to Coach Smith and, like, the D staff making adjustments when needed. And that's one thing we always do, make adjustments when necessary. And, you know, it's just little wrinkles to the playbook. What is your, as a safety, what is your favorite coverage to run? I'd say cover one, honestly. Like, okay. I, 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 I like to. You like being the man in the middle? Yeah. I, I, either up top or even I like to play in the slot, man. I, I don't mind that at all. Um, it's something that I've, like, definitely got more comfortable with. And I know, like, that's something that not a lot of safeties are great at. And I'm always trying to improve in man-to-man. But I'd also say, like, just, like, any, like, low zone type is really cool. Because if you see somebody coming across, like, the middle or just, like, yeah. the flat, that's always a fun play. But I really like cover one. And I got to do that a lot this year because I had to play free safety. So I was really just in the post most games. And, uh, like, especially towards the end of the season, I was just chilling in the post, having fun. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned this year and the, the last two years, uh, it, it felt like y'all might have had a safety and a half to go around um, for, for most of the season. I know you, you missed a good chunk of, of 2020. And uh, and George was out all year. Um, it was just kind of one of those things where, where you know, like uh, you might have a place you feel most comfortable, but you you'd walk into the the meeting room on on Monday morning, and you're like, "All right, coach, who's back? Where am I playing this week?" Yeah. So it definitely sucked uh, 2020 because I thought we were really a talented team, like very talented. We just had so many injuries, and that literally just shot us in the foot that year. Because I mean, and then we played two of the best teams in the conference, and we competed with both of them. So I'm a firm believer if we got to play that 2020 season, that we are easily going to a bowl game. I firmly believe that, have no doubt in my mind. And uh, it definitely sucks that like injuries. I feel like have shot us in the foot, but at the end of the day, that's part of the game, and it's just next man up mentality. Um, yeah, so really just next man has to step up, whether he has no experience, very little. But at the end of the day, like, we always have good players out there, and we don't put them out there just because. And that was one thing that I was really excited about this year. Like, I got moved around a lot, 
and it kind of put me outside my own comfort zone because I wasn't always comfortable. Um, it would be like in the middle. I remember uh, the Texas State game uh, or Texas Southern, my fault. Um, I'm playing strong like the whole game, and then I didn't practice at all for Viper. And then they're like in the middle of the game, they're just like going at Viper. So I was like, oh, that's fun. Just you know, getting to play different positions. And that's what helps just when you know the playbook. I was in the system for my third year. And just when you spend those hours studying film, learning the playbook, it's not that hard. Or you just might ask a guy, what do I have on this play? If like your mind blanks. And you mentioned the Marshall game. Uh I have no idea how many football games you've played now at this point. Probably a good amount. Uh, where is that uh, that that game and that pick six um, going to go down in your football memories? Yeah. Uh, I mean, first off, it was, 2020 for me was just like a – it was really hard year because I thought that was going to be like my really big breakout year for myself personally and as a team. And so it was just like when I was uh, – I had that hamstring injury – it just was tough because it's like I have to watch. You know, obviously I'm supporting my guys, but it's just tough because I'm like I I, I want to be out there and play. So really, it was just like I don't know, like my like frustration and stuff. It was really just a blessing that that happened because it was like I was so, you know, just like man, I wish I was out there with the guys playing. But then it was like that play happened, and obviously like scoring a touchdown is really cool, fun, and like I wish you know, to have that experience more in my life. So it's just definitely one of my top plays ever. I just wish we got the UAB win, though, the next week. That was something that, like, we got really high after the Marshall game, which was great because we were 2-2, two and two, should have a lot of confidence. I wish we just got that UAB win because then nobody in conference could have been like, oh, Rice sucks, you know. Like, we would have actually been, like, the premier team in my, my eyes because it was like we beat the two top teams in the conference. Yeah, what's that like for you? Because I know we chatted and and I, you were obviously disappointed you didn't get to the bowl game when you were here. But like you mentioned, you had the the win over Marshall in 2020 and, and knocked off UAB um, this past season and uh, and had some big games in there. And you've beaten, you know, just about the who's who's of the better teams in this conference. Uh, so how do you kind of reconcile that with uh, seeing how the highs at which, uh, yeah. you know, Rice was able to get to while you were here? Um, but but maybe not quite the level of uh, consistency that you wanted. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's great when you win, like that's for sure. Because you put in so many hours for twelve opportunities or however many games. I think it's twelve games, but it's just like you put in so much time. There's no guarantee, and like when you get a win versus Marshall, where you shut out, shut them out, and you get a win versus UAB this year, when you know they're one of the most physical teams in conference easily. Like, they love to impose their will. And I, I always look forward to that game because you know it's going to be a dog fight. Um, but it's just really, you know, it's really cool when, like, those wins happen because, like, all that work you did put in is, was worth it, you know. Um, but then it's, like, when we we're 0-9 uh, 2019 and you're just not seeing things to, uh, like, come to fruition, it's just, like, man, like, it's a really, it's a depressing time, to be honest. Like, it's not easy, and everybody's to blame at the end of the day. It's not just, like, one person that got us. It's a, a chain of events that have led us, and it's just, like, because everybody wants to win. Nobody just wants to openly lose. I, I've never seen anybody be like, okay, I'm okay with losing. Um, um, 
So it's just definitely tough when, you know, things don't go your way. But at the end of the day, like, there's so many lessons that I've learned from uh, just, like, brotherhood and accountability, everything like that. Like, there's so many, so much stuff that guys, even outside of, like, just football per se, are going to be able to take with them for the rest of their life. And we build a brotherhood. Like, any guy on the team can hit me up at any time if they need anything, honestly. Like, you know, it's just – so, obviously, when – you go four and eight or three and nine. It's just obviously you don't love that, but at the end of the day, like that's what it is. And you know, you put in a ton of work to get to that point, even though it just didn't come out on the right side. You mentioned the 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 lessons and, and the the guys that you did it with. I, I'm I'm curious. Uh, I have my vantage point, but but I don't sit in the in the meeting rooms and I don't see the guys you see. Uh, who are a couple guys that uh? Maybe Rice fans might might not have seen on Saturdays or know their names yet, um, but you've gotten to know, and you're like, this guy, watch out for this guy. He's going to be good. Yeah, uh, there's definitely a few. I haven't been to many Rice uh, practices this year uh, just because I was obviously training and stuff for uh, the uh, pro day and stuff like that. But this is somebody that has been here a long time. Just He's been on the short end of the stick with injuries, and it's George Easley. I heard George has been going crazy in uh, spring ball already, and I know he was going to have a standout season. It's just like he obviously didn't get a lot of time to play, uh, you know, because he was hurt 2020, and then it was like he basically missed like two years. And so that was his first game like this last year. And he was finally getting comfortable. I could tell it. And I was like, he's going to have a really good rest of the season. I could tell it. Um, so I, I think all the secondary, I, I love my guys, of course. And I'm obviously going to shout out Bradley just because he, he's my roommate and he's missed a lot of time. But I'm telling you, he's going to be the top receiver in this conference. If, if he can stay healthy, he'll be the top receiver in the conference. He'll get a shot at the league. There's no doubt in my mind. I've seen him. Like he's, he's special. You can't teach six, four, six, five with ball skills like that. I mean, there's a bunch of guys I can shout out. I mean, Trey I love Shuman, that you threw he, out the under the radar guys. The, uh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not good at shouting out guys like that. Uh, I put just, you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean they're they're just my guys and like Trey Schumann. I think if he stays healthy, there's there's so many guys like Josh Piercy. I think is gonna have a standout year. Like you can name almost anybody. I'm like wow, they're like they're a good football player and they, they are gonna contribute to this team. So they still got some dudes on defense. They're gonna be all right without you. Oh yeah, I mean Gabe's Gabe stepping up. I have complete. Uh, confidence in him he was like he's been groomed for this and he's ready to go and like the sec honestly I think the safety group's going to be really talented Trey Sean's obviously back that's another piece that we missed like you can name so many guys that were have been hurt in the last two years and you're like yeah he's the player you know so I I, I just hope you know we build a little more depth in the front set uh, front seven or front six or whatever we you know whatever we want to call our scheme not um, safeties yeah, yeah, yeah. Just build a little more depth there. Uh, and there's there's some good experience, definitely, uh, like especially in the front four. But uh, just getting more guys, like if we can get eight deep, you know, a consistent six to eight deep where guys can stay more fresh. And it didn't help that DB was hurt. That's another name. Uh, obviously, that not like a, uh, what do you call it, under the radar guy. Everybody knows him, too. Yeah, I have an all injured team at this point that's yeah. that's what it felt like 
just watching it and trying to sit up and, and get my binoculars and look for the numbers on the field and having to look at the depth chart because I'm like, I, I know you and I, I know George, and I'm like, I'm get, we're getting further down here. It's yeah. not how it's supposed to work. Yeah, we've no, learned, I mean, especially for what you mentioned, Brad, but like we've learned, especially for wide receivers, not to talk about like, oh, they've got so many guys, like it, it's going to be a great room. And then, you know, we look up and it's October and it's like, everyone's hurt. <laughs> I will say, I think the receiver group is really talented right now. And I know uh, McCaffrey made a move there, too. And I heard he's been balling out. And, you know, if everybody, st- if everybody stays healthy, <laughs> yeah. We all got our fingers crossed, clutching a rabbit's foot, whatever we need to do. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned, I, I did want to ask you about this because you mentioned uh, prep for for, for training and for pro day, uh, I feel like, you know, on and off, I've heard that, you know, I'm, I'm focusing on prepping for the draft. Um, it's just something, you know, it's, that's what yeah. people say. And, and then they go off and they disappear for three months and then they come back and they, they run in circles and they jump. Um, but, but what is that? When, when you say you were, you were off preparing for the draft, like kind of give it an insight. What, what does that actually look like in practice? What do you do? Yeah. So, Really, first and foremost, I have to shout out who I trained with. So Coach Hans, uh, the right straight coach, um, did a phenomenal job with us. So that's the uh, first person I trained with. I'll kind of talk about the schedule, too, what it looked like. And then I trained with uh, Swanson Ironworks, which is in uh, the Woodlands area. And so Elijah, Jordan Myers, and I were going up there. Basically to work on like speed and explosion, 40, like different stuff like that. Um, that's what we kind of train with them. So like Monday, Wednesday, Friday was always, uh, or like Monday, Monday, Thursday, my fault was like a lift day with Coach Hans. So it'd either be like, you know, a quick, like explosive bench or quick explosive squat. And then like Tuesday, Thursdays was our, or Tuesdays, Fridays were our run days. So we were working on, you know, like top end speed starts and we're working on like the drills three cones stuff like that and then uh monday wednesday friday saturday i would go up to uh, swanson ironworks in the woodlands and we're working speed explosion and so i also had classes too so one would be in the morning take classes uh do the go to woodlands go work out in the afternoon and so it was really cool i also had coach coleman i know he's not a part of the rice uh football staff anymore but uh, he, uh, yeah, he was my DB coach. So when you have somebody that played in the league for seven years be your DB coach, he was training me about two, t- two three times a week, depending depending on what his schedule was. I mean, he did a fantastic job getting me ready. He worked on my hips. I also do have to shout out my my girl. She is a athletic trainer, so I was doing treatment here, you know, in my apartment. That's handy. Yeah, she has. <laughs> A whole bunch of stuff that, you know, I had like boots, I had uh, cups, I had just almost like a Theragun, anything I really needed. So it was really easy just to do uh, treatment here while at Rice too, while I was up there during the day. So I do have to shout out the Rice uh, training staff too. So, I mean, it definitely, I was focused. It was literally school or football, you know, football workouts. And it was a great time. I had a blast when we call it the Fab Five. So it was uh, Jake Constantine, uh, me, E.G., Elijah, or Jordan, Elijah, and uh, Jovan. So we had a great time. Like I, 
I had a blast, honestly, training. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm speechless. Then you had to actually go out and do it. Yeah, it definitely. Uh, it was like nerve wracking at first. Like the three days before pro day, I had I couldn't sleep for like the uh, day leading up, and like, I just couldn't sleep. I was just like had butterflies. Like it was first game butterflies. Like I'm, I was so excited, so amped, and. I was like, but I'm ready because I literally drilled this stuff a thousand times. You know, like you work for this one day and this one opportunity you want to show out, but there's no guarantees after it too. Um, but at the end of the day, like I want to be able to open some eyes with it. So it just was, it was great though, because we did have the rice football team in there and uh, it was like, it was really cool, especially with like the uh, bench and Burt portion of it. Cause they're obviously like, you know, kind of louder in there cheering us on. And then we had a whole bunch of people, you know, I had uh, just people there to support us. It was great. Yeah, when when you did your vert, um, I, I remember you 40 and a half. Is that yeah. what you got? And uh, yeah. for, for those that uh, that haven't watched uh, anybody do the, the vert drill that they do for, uh, for the Combine Pro Day, they, they line you up against a big pole with these little slats. Uh, directly above you and you just jump up as high as you can and you swing your arm and you just send the slats flying and try and touch as many as you can um and it was it was it was the coolest thing because seeing everybody go up there and you mentioned the team with you they must have had 40 or 50 guys in the corner of the weight room right with this little pole and you jump up and you 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 send those slats flying and you but you landed and i think rice posted the football team uh, Twitter account posted the the video of you doing it. Uh, afterwards, you hit the number you wanted. You celebrated. It kind of felt like you had just like made that game changing pick six or something. It was loud in that weight room. Yeah, no, I definitely huge blessing, and I have to shout out Coach Hans and uh, Swanson Ironworks. I mean, I I literally was making sure that I was going to jump before them. And so what's really cool is Awesome Trammel trained with uh, Swanson Ironworks. So he's what uh, put me on to that. And that's kind of like the speed and explosion I was talking about. And like, I, I, I was pretty confident I was going to get at least high, high 30s. So I was like, but Tram got 40. So I wanted to beat Tram. That was that was the thing. So uh, but it was it was really cool. Like, I'm grateful that everybody was there to like, support us. And um, it, yeah, it was just it was just really cool because all the guys before me also for rice guys hit over 30 or 30 or above so i was like oh this is a good day this is a good day yeah i remember i remember tremel was uh on the show probably about this time last year um afterwards and of course he had to work over across the street at u of h didn't have the yep. the whole crowd with him which was less fun um but came on here and uh you know, now he's uh he's with the Falcons. So yeah, and I can't I promise anything, but <laughs> yeah, no, it was real. Sorry for uh, budging you, but it was really yeah. cool because I seen him like three weeks ago. He was back here, you know, giving me uh, pointers on like you know the ten yard starts and just like you know just giving me life advice and about football. So it, he's one of my buddies for life. Love Trammell, and uh, I also do have to mention that this is shouting somebody out. Cam Montgomery, I think that's somebody that's a, a workhorse. And when he said he saw me uh, jump to 40.5, he was like, it was like something in a movie to him. It was like, he got chills uh, seeing that. So when he told me afterwards, I was like, 
I, I you know, it just made my day hearing that because uh, I put in so much work for like, you know, that that day that you know, it made an impact on him and so it, it was really cool and he's somebody that if he touches the ball, he might go to the crib every time, so and do you feel like the training? Because I know there's a, there's a lot of talk sometimes about that, like pro day and combine type drills are just sort of like putting on a show that doesn't yeah. really translate to functional football stuff. Do you feel like the training you did is going to like help you going forward, or was it more of just like prepping for this specific like audition, if you will? Great question. I I think that the drills. Uh... I think definitely like the explosive aspect and the speed. Like I had, I worked on my 40 a lot. It wasn't the time that I wanted, but my 10 yard was a 148. And the uh, best time that somebody had for me was a 148, which I think is really good. And the 20 yard was a 256. And I made sure like I was going to run a really good time uh, with, with that aspect I knew. So I was really trying to work on like, the speed aspect of my game. Cause I know that's like, been a knack on what's like this top end speed so that's something that I'm going to continue to work on and I, I just think overall I just got to be a better athlete I felt you know pretty good like I, I feel good weight wise I feel you know shredded per se you know the the best I probably looked how many times in your your playing career so far have you read ran 40 yards in a straight line on the football field yeah and that's one thing like <laughs> <laughs> that might not necessarily translate per se, but definitely want to always just like get faster, I guess. But there is some, some of the drills you're just kind of like, they want to probably just see like how you move and stuff like that. They don't maybe necessarily care about the, the number, num like the numbers, but there are some things that translate. I'll say some like, oh, that's in the past now. Like, let's get right for football. Well, I think I, uh, I was, uh, overheard, uh, Coach Hans talking with uh, Javon after they ran the 40 and he's like Javon was pretty happy with the time he got and uh, Hans said congratulations because that's the last 40 you're ever going to have to run in your life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean that's just something like you have to run it and I think it probably matters more for like DBs and receivers than like obviously O-linemen like what O-linemen is going to run 40 yards but I think it's just like good to just go compete add in it's something that I was like I want to try to run the best time I can and add it because it'll open people's eyes like the scouts if they see a good time whether you might be a good football player or not they're like oh if he ran a 4-4 oh let's give him a shot you know uh, so definitely like there, not everything translates but at least you're like working to be a better athlete I think and it's just like fun because you just like I, I had a great group of guys I was working with so I, I wouldn't take back this last three months for anything and like I got to go to Miami to train with Gabe Taylor and his dad for um two weeks to get ready for, for the tropical bowl which was in Orlando and I mean I was working out three four times a day he's having me run on a treadmill I'm going to uh Bomberitos uh, Pete Bomberitos to train there too like it was crazy experience so I mean I just got to do things I never would have done um you know through this so I just I just enjoyed every second. I wouldn't trade it for the world. And so, uh, what what's next? What 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 does the next kind of steps look like? You uh, anxiously pace back in your living room on on dra draft day. Well, do you have like like the movie? You have the cell phone and you're staring at it. Like, how does how does it? What's the next kind of steps? What does it look like? Yeah. So, 
like you kind of said, I prepped for pro day. Now I'm trying to prep for being the best football player I can be. So I'm wanting to meet with Coach Coleman a lot more. Obviously, work on conditioning because I feel like with pro day, you're not really a conditioned football player. Like we're not running sprints 24 7. We're running one sprint. We're waiting five minutes till we're resting completely, and then we're running full speed with that, you know, that rep. So it's not really translating to football, I'd say. Um, but now, in the absolute best shape of my life. Get ready to play football. Get ready to go hit somebody and earn a spot. At the end of the day, um, just gonna stay patient. This is I feel like we're um, like if people reach out to you, just be honest with them with like interviews, questionnaires. Hopefully, to get some invites to work out. We'll see uh, going forward. And really, just stay patient. Got a good agent. I believe in him, and I I think my resume speaks for itself. You know, uh, so. We'll just see what happens. I'm just going to stay patient, have fun. I'm just going to keep working out. And when when either my name gets called or a team wants to pick me up, I'm happily there. I just want one opportunity just to prove myself, and I'll put my best foot forward, and that's all I can ask for. Yeah, it's been fun watching because uh, uh, Rice had a couple guys um, get drafted, uh, but it's uh, it's been a couple years, but there have been some guys uh, like Austin Trammell, Miles Adams. Yeah. Um, Nick Leverett uh, yep. worked his way up uh, to uh, playing in an NFC Championship game. Um, it's been pretty cool to see. I think I think there is uh, some truth to saying. Uh, I I know I've heard the uh, the the marching orders from from Coach Bloomgren. Uh, you know, uh, NFL curriculum and Rice athletes are built different, but I, I think there might be something to it. Um, being able to get all that brain work and body work all together. Yeah, I, I, it's not an easy. It's not easy to go to Rice and like you don't I feel like you don't want the easy way with your life. Like you definitely have to earn your stripes here. You have to earn it off the field too. I feel like that's if you start off the field well, you're gonna end up doing well on the field too. And I mean I hope I think I think E. G. should get drafted. Like I out of any you know, out of anybody, I hope to God he gets drafted because I seen him work every day and I'm telling you, like at least uh like Jordan uh E.G. and I were going outside training. I feel like we were driving 70 miles a day, you know, there in, like, uh, in total just to go train with somebody. So I feel like our work ethic and like our drive. And uh, I know Jake and uh, Jovan, they're also working too. I'm not trying to not shout them out too. But just speaking specifically with them, like I know how hard we work for that one day. And I know we'll only continue to work hard. And I feel like that's something that, we all have ingrained in ourselves and like that's just because we've been you know trying to do as best we can at rice and uh, it's just it's just been fun man can all, only can ask for just the opportunity when you mentioned elijah i i did know i was chatting with him after he wrapped up his pro day um kind of chatting with all you guys seeing like you know you hit your numbers what you like and he's like yeah and that, it was better than most everybody was at the combine yeah and that was <laughs> i was like that seems pretty good yeah, it, it was, and I mean, I knew I knew he was like he should be getting drafted right now. There's no doubt about it in my mind. Like we, I mean, I I had a sheet and basically like sent it to him of what like guys got in the draft uh, or uh, at the combine, and so we knew per position like what uh, like benchmark numbers we wanted to try to hit, and I knew just training with him, he's going to perform really well, and I knew all of us were going to do really well. So it. 
it was no question in my mind that we were going to at least turn some heads and people were going to give us a look at least. Yeah, well, we wish you the best of luck on the field. And I did want to ask you, because we were chatting um, uh, before the podcast, um, and I put out a note that you were coming on, and uh, I got retweeted by a, a real estate blog and a, or a, a podcast. And I was like, "Who? what real estate podcast is, is following me? Um, and then, lo and behold, I said, run by Naeem Smith. So, uh, as you are a Rice guy, and of course you are uh, – not just a football player. What else do you got going on that's uh, outside of the the football world? What's what's after football, or what else do you like doing? You know, other than hitting people yeah. and running fast. Yeah, obviously, you know, school and football are first right now. But I do have a side little podcast that I uh, started. I started it originally with Mike Collins, um, so that's a throwback on a Rice football name. And Mike's killing it in Denver right now. But it's just a one man show with my podcast. And basically, I started off, we started off talking about real estate. That's kind of our passion, what we want to do after football. Um, but now I'm going to transition, probably change the name. It's called Greenlight Real Estate Podcast right now. But I'm in the works of changing it. Uh, I'm going to kind of rebrand it to where I'm talking more about like sports, investing, like personal life stuff that I think that can help elevate people's life. So still trying to determine a name, going to have to get some cover art for it. But it's just, you know, I'm like 22 episodes in. It's pretty small right now, but just having fun with it, trying to grow it a little bit. That's fun, man. Yeah, it's 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 crazy that, uh, I don't know, we watch you guys run around on the grass and then lo and behold, you're getting master's degrees and are, uh, you know, I went to public school, so I, I, I do what I can. Hey, I, hey, I understand. I, I never thought I was going to be in this position. I mean, I, from Iowa originally, never thought I was going to come down to Texas. So it's just crazy how everything works. And I truly believe if you just work hard and just keep your head down, grind, and don't let people tell you no, you can achieve great things. Man, I, I'm going to go run a 40 now. <laughs> hey, go do it. Yeah, and if you keep going before you know it, you'll end up with like a hundred plus podcast episodes like we did. Because <laughs> I don't know how that happened. <laughs> yeah, you guys do have a lot of uh, content. So I got to shout you guys out for that for real. Cause, I mean, it's not easy. There's points. That, I know there's five points in time. Like you guys love what you do, obviously. But it's like, man, like this it's work. I don't know how you guys go with like editing and stuff. But I'm a one man show. So it's just like, oh, I have to edit. Like I have to do the boring stuff. I think it's fun when you get to talk to people like this. I, I can do this all day. This is fun. <laughs> I give Carter the kudos. He's a wizard on that side. I'm the pretty face. I have like three tricks in the editing that make it fast. <laughs> and then it's, well, not to digress on podcasts here, but the, the real the real thing is that like you can either go through the whole, like if you really want it like 100%, like totally polished as, po as much as it can possibly be, you can run through there and like I've edited enough podcasts that I recognize the sound waveform of myself mm -hmm. saying oh because I've seen it ten thousand <laughs> times. And it's like you can go through and you can edit every single one of those out. You can like cut the silences down a little bit. Yep. You can do everything you need to, and then you listen back to it and it's like, how much better does this actually sound than when I just put the things together, ran the noise reduction filter on it, and like you know, check for any super weird things that were going on. And so it's a lot of like knowing where the diminishing returns are. It's mm -hmm. like, I can spend 15 minutes on this or I can spend an hour 
and a half on it. And where in there is the actual point where no anyone is going to notice the Man, difference that's, in quality? That, that's a rice terminology, diminishing returns. PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you can, you can give someone a rice degree and kick them off campus, but you can't really take the rice out, so. Put that on one on a bumper sticker. <laughs> that's fun, man. Well, I think that's all we had for you. We'll, uh, give you the rest of your night off, but, and you've already gave out a, a couple shout outs, but, uh, where can we, uh, you're on Twitter, Instagram, where do we kind of follow you as your next step of the journey? Yeah, uh, I would say probably best is uh, Twitter. It's uh, or at Naeem, N-A-E-E-M, Smith underscore. You can feel free to follow me, DM me, whatever. I'll happily reach out to you guys. If anybody has any questions, I'm always available. I like to be transparent with people, keep it honest. And, but first off, I just want to say thank you, Carter and uh, Matthew, for letting me come on the show. That was, this was really fun. I love podcasts, so. When you told me, uh, asked me to come on, so I was like, oh, let's go. It's, uh, it's just fun. We have a good time. Yeah, well, um, we have had a number of repeat guests at this point, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put you back in the queue. Uh, if, uh, you know, if podcasting is a passion, who are we to keep you down? So. Sounds <laughs> good. Well, I love it, man. Well, all right. Uh, so thanks again, Naeem, for hopping on with us. It was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks to all of you for tuning in. Now, like we said, 100 plus episodes into this podcast, but uh, uh, it's always good to talk rice football and get I, – I, I always think it's genuinely awesome and interesting when we get rice athletes on here, how how interesting and fun and, and thoughtful you all are. And so it's it, – it, this, is, this is an especially – fun part of it for me so that i i enjoy these episodes a lot and i hope everyone that's listening does too uh but we'll see y'all again soon and rice fight never dies this show was edited and produced by carter spires it features music from joseph mcdade